Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And wow, the show's already sounding good. I'm listening to myself record this to make sure it's actually recording right on my Zoom. And I'm using my new Raycon E50 wireless earbuds to monitor myself. And they sound amazing. These things are really cool. Very clear. Great bass sound. Fit right in my ears perfectly. Oh, yeah. Much uh, sleeker. Then cumbersome uh, headphones as well. So going for those Raycon E50s as I listen to how the Duff McKagan joke of the week sounds on these Raycons. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you. I'm uh, calling you from Snowmageddon. They're calling it here in Seattle, Snowmageddon. Uh, it's just snow, by the way. But we never get it up here, so Snowmageddon, it shall be. Um, hey, listen, you know what's uh, worse than ants in your pants? Uncle, thank you very much. Right. So Duff's joke sounds good on my new Raycon earbuds. Uh, didn't make it any funnier. But actually, I like that one, though. Uh, not answer your pants, uncles. The old joke, right? Uh, it's so funny. Duff McKagan, rock and roll hall of famer, traveling the world, always calling in the laughter uh, every Friday here on Talk is Jericho, sharing his original jokes exclusively with all of you sexy beasts. Good or bad, you hear them here first. And if you're listening on your Raycon uh, E50s, uh, it makes them sound even funnier. Uh, speaking of firsts, though, our guests today have a bunch of firsts between them. Let's see, Abilene Maverick was one of the first women to wrestle in China. She and Tessa Blanchard had a monumental match there. Abilene is also the first female wrestler to appear on the new WOW TV show on Access TV. And David McLean is here with Abilene. He's the creator of wow he's the creator of glow from the 80s also the first to bring all female wrestling shows to tv in the 80s and again now in 2019 he and his partner genie bus yes the same genie that owns the uh, los angeles lakers they're partners in wow and you hear that story how this all came together wow airs on friday nights that happens to be tonight on access tv at 9 p.m eastern access tv is a network that uh, airs new japan and now they're airing women of wrestling they've already been picked up for a second season season as well congratulations to wow let's hear the wow story with creator david mcclain and the top star abilene maverick right now on talk is jericho okay so the hottest new show uh, after one week is on access tv uh hottest new wrestling show women of wrestling wow david mcclain is here and abilene maverick the governor's daughter uh governor of what state are we allowed to ask that I I would say uh, the entire universe of WoW. There you go. In, in the world of WoW. <laughs> yes, in the world of WoW. The governor, the governor of, of WoW. <laughs> the governor of WoW. Yes. But this, this is something that I've heard about for a long time, David. And it's interesting because we've got so much to talk about. Obviously, you were one of the creators or the creator of Glow. Yes. Which is now one of the hottest properties on TV, again, because of the show on Netflix. And now you, of course, have started WOW. So what made you want to get back into the business again and basically do a new modern version of what you created 30-some years ago? When I sold Glow, uh, and I never knew this until, you know, maybe a year ago when we brought in someone to help us build out our digital properties. And we, we went after him, and he kept saying, well, let's have some more meetings. Let's have some more meetings. I kept saying, meetings, meetings. And after the third or fourth, he says, I'm in, I'm your digital guy. I'll help you build it from scratch. And this is the guy that created the uh, headphones for Steve Jobs, this guy for, you know, the mobile phone years mm -hmm. ago. And I said, how are you in? We haven't even discussed money yet. He says, I'm in because it'll be a success. I said, how do you know it's going to be a success? There's plenty of wrestling shows and I've been doing this up and down many times. He goes, because you and your partner, Jeannie Buss, 
are on the same direct path and the reason you're doing it is passion Hmm. and he said if you have business partners that you don't have the same direction it'll fail and i was fortunate enough to sell glow and it turned into a comedy and the wrestling um at that time is in no capacity to even be look at it like today's wrestling the athleticism wasn't there but remember back in the 80s you only had what was the biggest thing on it was jane fonda videos jane women's wrestling in the 80s in the states wasn't like it is popular at all right it was was the fabulous moolah who was about 55 60 years old that was kind of the top level women's wrestler that was it right there was no color there was no pizzazz there was no youth to it uh there was no music to it and um so we changed the paradigm then then i sold it but to answer your question i always knew i was going to go back and do women's wrestling i always knew because i i hadn't had my thirst quenched with what i really envisioned it and to do that numerous things had to come into play into the blender if you will if we're at the bar to make them mm-hmm. anything work as perfectly tasting and the blessing is today's female wrestlers are well-trained, well-versed. You've got Abilene Maverick, who's been out on the wrestling circuit as Barbie Hayden for years. Mm-hmm. She's wrestled in Texas to Florida to all over the country. China. China, China. that's right, against Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. And so here she needed a platform to which she can now shine and be in the spotlight and Access TV's providing it with a one-hour show every Friday night. And so it's even like Tessa Blanchard was watching yesterday, I think show number three that comes out in two weeks, and she just said, wow. And I said, what? What? Why wow? You're not even on the screen. You're not, you're not even in this episode. And she says, I get it now why this is a valuable program. I said, why? She goes, you're threading my story throughout the hour and she goes that doesn't happen in my other wrestling Mm -hmm. because they've got the men to promote and their storyline and their feuds this is something and i looked at her and her face just lit up so back to the question i just always knew i was going to do it and i got sidetracked because i'm so excited about the athleticism and the capabilities of the talent now and that was the ultimate dream to package it and put it on so the women wrestlers are as big as Chris Jericho when he walks <laughs> out there so, and he steps into that ring. So, Abilene, <laughs> how, how did you get hooked up with, with WoW? Because like you said, you have been around to a lot of different places, you know, in the independent scene, but now you've kind of found a home as, uh, you know, on WoW and as, as one of the faces of the company, et cetera, et cetera. This is actually a very ironic way to even come into a company. I was suggested by other talent. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's so rare, right? so at the time, I know it's really cool because like whenever your peers are suggesting you and they believe in you, I think that that kind of brings you to another tier of respect, you know, in this business, you know that as well. You sure, know, whenever your course. peers, you know, actually understand what you can bring to the table. And I was originally brought in um, as a tag team with Candice LeRae which a lot of people don't know that unless they, you know, follow us on like wowe.com. They kind of see like the backstories and some of the, you know, the older episodes that 
we shot out in Las Vegas before we moved our home over to LA. And um, that was that was really how it started. And in fact, I was actually encompassing a different character. I wasn't even the character that I've developed into today. Um, at the time, I was more on the realm of farmer's daughter. So it was a little bit more of a play into like, I guess, like the hokey side of, you know, Texas living and people who are country because I did grow up in the country primarily. Um, I actually was a ranch hand uh, for the first part of my wrestling career. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I was going to yes. say, we, we didn't really stretch it. Yeah, they you, did it. You yeah. knew how to handle those horses and those vignettes. You were moving yes. the horses left and right. Yeah. So I, and I see exactly why they put me into that realm because they were like, oh, this is perfect because this this ties into her real life. Um, and then it kind of just develops. And that's something that is very unique to wow that other companies are not doing is that they give you a lot of creative control, which I know you know how that is. A lot of companies do not give that to you and they are open. They have their doors open and they're open to suggestions of where you think the character can go. Um, and I think they started over time realizing how eloquently I speak and uh, noticing that I had a little bit more of a sassy undertone <laughs> to the way that I present, <laughs> you know, a lot of things. Uh, so I think that moving it into more of the governor's daughter just fit more of the attitude of, you know, who I was destined to become. Um, so it was really cool how it all kind of just, you but know, it it's like fit a snowball your effect. attitude. What? It my, fit your attitude. It, it, right. Yes, it fit, in, it fit <laughs> my attitude. Like, that's what's so There's cool. There's no is stretch. Yeah, is, this is the most uh, I've actually been my own character. Because, like, even as Barbie Hayden, it's different. But that's know? always the way. The, the best characters are your own mm -hmm. personality just turned up to 10. Exactly. That, that's how you get over. You can't play a character that you don't feel and don't yeah. know. Because this is authentic. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's really me. People will see that. And they see it in, in the way you move and the way you present yourself and you talk and how you interact, everything. Like they see it in your movements and you can't fake that. So. Mm. And that was, you know, you're kind of carrying on the tradition, David, of, from what you did in Glow, where every character on your show is a character. Uh, that's something obviously that you very much believe in because it was happening all the time with the original glow and then now as wow and then wow yes or personality or persona mm. and you take a wrestler even with a name tessa blanchard or a chris jericho <laughs> and you know even if you look at yourself you've been able to transform your personality your persona and i think that's why you've if you want to use the word lasted so long and you're in the eyes of the fans as authentic mm -hmm. and they believe in you when you come out there, because I think you are authentic when you come out. Mm -hmm. I think, um, Tessa Blanchard is still a character. I was asked this. Well, she doesn't have a character name. Well, hold it. What is her character? She's a badass, right? And she kicks ass and that's really her. And, um, you know, I was I was nailed by somebody saying, oh, it's going to be another glow with characters. Well, hold on. We went out and did a marketing survey before we started. Wow. We took three years to do correct marketing because you didn't need just another wrestling show on the air. And I didn't really want to do another women's wrestling audi um, audition rendition without it being spot on what the fans wanted. And we went out and met with fans in 12 different cities, went into their homes like this and sat and watched wrestling with them. And they said they wanted something where mom and dad could watch with the kids again. And they wanted a spotlight on the women. And they wanted the fun, F-U-N, back in wrestling. Hmm. And from the response from the Access TV debut of WOW!, we nailed it. We hit the fun back in wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I even have a text that I'm very proud of. I sent it to Jeannie Buss last night 
a rest, long-time wrestling fan. WWE, um, you know, WCW's long-time wrestling fan said, I took my nine-year-old daughter on Friday and we went to watch WOW on Access. And I finally have a show to watch with her. Oh, mm. that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say Jeannie Buss, this is the, she owns the Lakers. Yes. I, right, so this is a high-powered uh, partner that you have. Yes. How did you end up hooking up with Access? Because because Abilene said that you guys were doing TV before Access. We Was were more... shooting um, WOW events in Las Vegas to put on digitally. Gotcha. And to build our library. Mm-hmm. And it was important to us that we started to create the characters early, started to find out what worked, and build out all of our platforms first and own them. Mm-hmm. We could have gone in five seconds and bought our time on TV. Sure. But then we may not have owned everything. Mm-hmm. And she and I have a long-term v- vision that this is going to outlast us mm-hmm. and be successful long-term. So that's how we started earlier in Vegas. We were shooting content then and putting it on digitally. But now it's like you finally hit the big time with, with the access deal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us about some of the other characters though, besides yourself, Governor's Daughter. Okay, so uh, what's really cool about the show is obviously it's all women. So we hit the spectrum of all shapes, all sizes, women of all sorts of backgrounds. Um, You're going to see a lot of, for people who do follow wrestling, they're going to see a lot of familiar faces. They are going to see the Tessa Blanchard. They're going to see, you know, Santana Garrett. They're going to see myself, obviously, as a, you know, encompassing a different character. You even have uh, Kira Hogan playing fire. Um, We are going to have, you know, Jessica Havoc coming in as Havoc. And uh, there's a lot of these names that people do recognize and that actually have experience and something to bring to the table. You know, I think that was what a lot of fans were afraid of happening, you know, kind of like David was touching on earlier with them saying, oh, well, is this just like, you know, a remake of Glow and like there's nothing, you know, to really sink your teeth into. And that's not true at all. You know, we do have some newcomers. We have new faces that people do not know because they are WoW originals. You know, like we have the Beast and Who's a phenom. Oh my gosh, the Beast is like literally a terrifying person. Like she's she's so just scary and huge and muscular and dominant, and it's really cool. Um, and then we have you know like this voodoo character, and then we have like you know Steffi Slays, who's just like this sweet little innocent girl. You know, she's from Texas as well. Um, and, and Princess she's, Aussie from Australia. Yes, and we have Aussie exactly, and Aussie has a little bit of experience as well um, on the independent scenes. Mm. So. That's what's really cool is it's a huge spectrum of WoW originals and women that people, you know, may or may not recognize from the independent scene. Now, when you're talking about WoW originals, are these girls that are basically, for lack of a better term, coming in off the street and just training with you guys? We created a training school. We put out advertisements, if you will, looking for talent Mm -hmm. that want to become wrestlers. 800 applied Mm. and maybe 10 made it. And Selena, Selena Majors, who was Bambi. Oh, I know her. You know yeah, Bambi? Yeah. Yep. From Peggy, Tennessee. Peggy, Peggy Lee. Lee Leather. <laughs> yeah, Peggy Lee I think Leather. she was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling when I was there. Yes. She had the female mullet. So, yes, yes. Selena's yes. got the same Still hair. Still has it, yeah. So Selena is the Kentucky trainer. Kentucky Waterfall, we called it. Exactly. <laughs> so Selena's the trainer. She moved out here from Georgia, and um, she's trained the wrestlers at the WOW Training Center, and you know they've just done a pheno- phenomenal job. And the athleticism, even when they step into the ring now, is light, light years ahead of what Mm -hmm. I did in glow days. Mm -hmm. That was Jane Fonda. Today, there's not a female 
athlete anywhere today that's not the beneficiary of Title IX. They never heard no. They never heard they can't play on the soccer team, the baseball, the softball, and they're all very athletic. So that's the first thing you notice when you watch WOW. And then, of course, it's dedicated. So it's the mixture of every of independent stars, homegrown WOW stars, and we're going to look for more. The WWE as the performance center. What are they looking for? A new star, someone that's not in wrestling today that they can find. It's got that special little it factor. Mm. And that's what we found with the Beast. Um, she's just a phenom. Uh, I grew up in wrestling. I started working at 13 in that's the Midwest saying. for Dick the Bruiser. That's interesting. Yeah. I started taking pictures. I worked with Bill Apter, all those guys when I was 13 years old. So I grew up in wrestling. Bobby Heenan is a friend. Rene Goulet is a good friend of mine. All the a lot of old timers. I was good friends with Chuck O'Connor, John Minton, the John Stud. So my my point is the mixture of the talent and getting new talent. Now we're going to do that again. We're going to look for new talent to come to our training center this summer and find that little it factor with the, those people. Because I believe that's how you find them. You get them and you train them. They get into the sport at a young, young age. You know, Andre the Giant, when I saw him the first time and he stepped over the third rope, I mean, I looked up and I knew there's a, there's a phenom. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened when I saw the beast. Mm. That the, makes sense. The, the beast, the beast <laughs> yeah. leaped over the third rope on day one in training. And I just went like this. And I said to <laughs> Selena, that's going to be a star. Mm. Just instantly, you knew. You know right off the bat. Right, right off the bat. Do you think when you mentioned that 800 girls showed up, it's because some of it's because, well, obviously women's wrestling as a whole is much more popular, but in this town especially because of Glow and being such a hit that it has been, do you think that kind of helped people going, well, I want to get involved in this? Yes, there's no doubt. Even the Beast, when she, when she sat in the front row, we were bringing them in at about 15 people at a time to interview them and to tell them what WOW was. And I walked in and she started with a tear in her eye. And I looked down and said, what's wrong? You need a tissue, what's wrong? And she says, you're David McClain, you're David McClain. And I said, yes, so? She goes, I watched you on TV when I was a kid. That's when I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. I watched Glow. <laughs> so it influenced somebody. Yeah, you know, Jeannie Buss, everyone says, how come the owner of the Lakers is in women's wrestling? Well, yeah, how come? That's yeah. a good question. And Why is that? Two reasons. When she was younger, her dad exposed her to comic books. He gave her Wonder Woman and Supergirl with the message, you can be anybody and anything you want. Don't ever let anyone deter your dreams. And her father was giving her the comic books. She's got a collection in her house that'll fill half this room. I was say she has superhero. even photos in the uh, in the Supergirl outfit that she just posted on Instagram. An old, an old boyfriend <laughs> sent her that. Actually, his wife. I shouldn't be telling all this backstory, <laughs> but she was posed at seventeen or eighteen as Supergirl in an outfit. So she always envisioned, you know, superheroes. She's the one that came up with the tagline. They are the superheroes, wild superheroes. I'm learning things but, sitting here. But her dad knocked on the door and said, come down, I'm gonna want you to watch a sporting event. What for, dad? Because sports is going to change in the next hour. And it was Billie Jean King beating mm -hmm. Bobby Riggs right. in tennis. So 
Jeannie remembers that, how she had a dad that one said you can be anything and how women's sports was going to change. And she watched Cindy Lauper, Captain Lou Albano, the WWE's Moolah with Wendy Richter event in 85. Mm. And she was in high school and she remembered how fun it was and how exciting it was to watch that event because there was a woman involved. Mm. And then women's wrestling went away. Mm. And it was back to its old days with Moolah and all that. And so she and I knew each other. We've been friends for almost 30 years. You're, you're a Canadian. We started the roller hockey league. Wow. Okay. We started uh, international roller hockey and with Walt Disney and everyone, hmm. and we became partners in that. So when I asked her to come to a wow event, she wouldn't come. And she did, thought it would be low class oil or something. She wasn't going to yeah, yeah, jello wrestling, jello or wrestling, or I hate That's to what say my family it, thinks too. <laughs> similar to what was being displayed on WWE at that time. So she said, "Okay, I'll I'll come for five minutes just to support you, but I'm going to leave early. One in the morning. She's down in the locker room with Peggy Leather, Thug, Selena, the wrestlers, and she comes out and goes." This is the greatest thing. This is exactly what I always dreamed of. Live superheroes. Mm. If this was around when I was nine years old, David, I'd be all over this. Wow. How do I buy this? I want to own it. I'm going to make these girls superstars. We're going to put them on TV and everything. It was instant. So isn't it funny? We mentioned before the father taking his nine-year-old daughter Friday night to watch WOW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no hey i get it, it. i totally dad, get it. <laughs> it her dad knocked on her door when she was nine years old and now we have a new evolution of women's wrestling with wow women of wrestling mm-hmm. what's going to happen to that nine-year-old whose dad knocked on her door right, in right. 20 years yeah she might come up with something that we aren't even thinking of right now right and that's what's so exciting about it when you said uh i believe that your parents mm-hmm. th- th- your family thinks that you were laughing with <laughs> jello wrestling and stuff how, how was it when you told your family that you were going into the wrestling business or that you're in the wrestling business oh man it was brutal i mean <laughs> like absolutely brutal so uh, a little background on me is i played softball as a catcher for 11 years um i was in dance i was a straight a student i was a complete complete nerd. I was an art. Um, I had a scholarship to actually to to go dance at a school and I wanted to become like a rangerette and then eventually a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. That was like mm-hmm. the ultimate goal my family had for me and for myself as well. Right. And when I told them this, you know, this was my senior year of high school, my last semester, I was like, you know what? Uh, my boyfriend snuck me without y'all knowing to a wrestling show and I fell in love with that. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> and they were just like, what are you, what do you mean? Um, and literally uh, three days after I graduated high school, like I graduated on a Friday, uh, the following Monday, I actually started training uh, mm-hmm. when I was 18. And what's crazy is my family kind of disowned me, to be honest. Um, I know they're going to listen back to this and probably be like, no, we did. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. And um, my dad and I actually met at my cousin's um, graduation party. And he said, you know what? I've given this a lot of thought. I'm I'm only 52 years old. And uh, my one regret in life is that I didn't travel the world. I never went and saw anything. I never really got out of my bubble. And he was like, do this wrestling thing. He was like, obviously, you want to do it. You know, this is, you know, a passion of yours. You've 
come up with out of nowhere. And, you know, he was like, do it, um, become this famous wrestler on TV and travel the world. And I'm going to travel with you. I'll be your manager and I'll come see the world with you. He was like, so if you can promise me that, then, you know, this is okay by me. And I was like, okay, got it. And with his green light, I was like, okay, you know, I'll do this. And then uh, unexpectedly, a few weeks later, he actually passed away. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, so it was, it was a very strange turn of events, but on the same token, it really proved to me exactly what he just said. You know, you you really do need to get out there. You need you need to experience life and experience the world, and you know, really see things for what they can be. And uh, you never know when your time is up. You mm-hmm. know, so um, I I you know jumped into this one hundred and ten percent and became really good friends actually with my grandfather after my dad died. Um, you know, kind of naturally because it was like I needed someone to fill that void, I guess, in my life. Um, and what's so funny is I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. You know. When I was younger, because my family was like, no, no little girl is going to be watching this. This is severely inappropriate because this was during the Attitude Era, right. mind you. Um, you know, so they were like, no, no, you're not going to watch this. Um, and my grandfather, you know, speaking of him, he's never been able to watch me wrestle because he can't travel. You know, he's just he's elderly and he can't get around. Um, and on Friday night, I actually sat in his living room and watched the premiere of wow That's you know on cool. access yes and so he finally got to see me and it was just so cool because then on top of that i was sitting with my nieces and my nephews and my sister and you know they were able to watch this and i never had a moment where i had to tell them to look away i never had to explain anything you know everything was appropriate for all levels um, my sister was entertained the kids were entertained and my grandfather as well so um it was just so cool because it was like a dream come true letting him you know, finally see me, you know, finally after all, like after 10 years. It's, it's amazing how <laughs> just being on TV now legitimizes everything. It does. Yeah. You know, Barbie's doing her, her little wrestling thing. And then suddenly you're on national TV <laughs> on a national channel. It's like, what? Really? Yes. Come gather around. Exactly. Yeah. And he wants those bragging rights. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he wants to call up his friends and be like, so yeah. did you watch <laughs> my granddaughter? But that must be cool for you though. Like I said, it it's is. the first time maybe you've been on a national TV before, but like mm-hmm. as, as a real star yes. on, on the show. Well, now I'm actually a mainstay. I am one of the contracted, you know, main roster characters. Right. And, um, you know, something that finally turned my mom around in wrestling was whenever I started working for WoW back when they filmed in Vegas because she saw a company that believed in me as much as I believed in me. Mm. And that's what turned it around for me. Like the first like four years of wrestling, she didn't, she and I really didn't even speak to one another um, because she was so mad still about like me doing this. Mm. And, and then she finally saw a company that, you know, believed in women and treated us as equals and pushed us to be superstars. And then she was like, Okay, now I get it. Do you watch the Glow series on Netflix? Have you seen it? I've seen uh, bits and pieces of it. What's yeah. really funny is I feel like I've seen it more um, in happenstance rather than like actually putting it on because <laughs> I will be traveling. And the first time I ever saw it, actually, I was sitting next to um, I was sitting next to a stranger on the on the plane, and he had it playing on his tablet. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny because I was flying to film for WOW. (laughs) So I kind of leaned in and I was like, hey, can I have one of your headphones and watch with you? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. And we're sitting there watching. And it was like kind of like as I got off the plane, I started then explaining to him what I was doing and where I was going um, because I wanted to sit and enjoy and watch the show. You know, and it was really cool, too, because then I got to see like Awesome Kong and stuff. You know, she's on there. Um, I even saw uh, Joey Ryan was, you know, had a little bit on there. Carlito's been on it. Chavo. Is a trainer. Exactly. Yeah, a trainer. 
there. And so it was really, really cool for me personally because I was like, oh, I know these people. You know, so like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I loved about Glow as well is that um, they even stay true to the roots of wrestling and like had mm. real wrestlers come in. You know, mm. so I was just like, this is just such a good vibe. Everybody has such a good vibe here. Have you watched the show? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that yes. guy is you, right? The, the, the <laughs> not guy. The, not the director. That's the director. No, the commentator guy whose yeah. mom was, yeah, that's Sebastian, supposed to be basically yes. you. Yeah. But we didn't have any cocaine and drugs <laughs> with little machines. But that's they, even, they can testify. I basically I know, drink a little wine and maybe a beer. <laughs> we kind of joke about it sometimes. We're yeah. like, he's such a lightweight. <laughs> it's cute. I can't hang with the after yeah. party. Did you know that they were filming? Like, so you, what you're saying is that you sold Glow yes, years then. ago. Yes. Gotcha. And so the owner that purchased it for me provided it uh, to a talent that was in Glow, and she licensed the rights to them. And the two ladies that started it um, saw the documentary that was on. There was a documentary yeah, I saw it, yeah. on Glow that where Mount Fiji was sick. Yeah, and it was an amazing since, documentary. Yes, and why was it? It's because they captured in the documentary the sisterhood of those ladies right. that participated in this unique business of professional wrestling. I think that still holds true today, and I think that's why so many of the wrestlers independent and otherwise gravitate toward wow because we're like a family and it's a sisterhood for them and i totally respect what they do in that ring and go ahead well, i was gonna say even on um so that that happens behind the scenes that's something that like people in the wrestling world know but then even on screen it shows as well because it's very encompassed like it's the world of wow and they see how we all like run into each other you know backstage and things like that and they see how we're all integrated you know kind of you know, not, it almost seems like it's not on purpose. You know what I mean? Like we kind of just bump into one another backstage. And I think that really excites people because they see that, you know, we are actually together. We are, you know, filming things together and training together and doing all of these things like as a family and it shows on screen as well. So it's really cool how it's That's what they not captured. just behind the scenes. And so mm -hmm. they went to Jenny Cohn who produced The Orange is the New Black. And so the three of them created that. And I met the director um, that plays the director in it, Mark Marin. Yeah. And we were up at the comedy store and we totally just ran into each other. I was coming out of the kitchen and he was going into the restroom. And we literally just ran into each other. And he looks up at me and I looked down and I said, Hey, nice to meet you. You did a great job. And, he, and I said, I'm David McLean. He just, he wouldn't go in the restroom. He goes, David McLean, David McLean, how do I know that name? And I said, think a little harder. And, <laughs> and then he looked at me, he says, you're the guy from Glow. <laughs> and I said, yes, why don't you know that? Didn't you watch some of the early episodes? <laughs> he said, no, mm. I purposely would not watch Glow because I wanted to take the script and just get into the character. And, he, and I said, well, you're great at it. And he goes, that's why I think I am because I really lift from the script what's in there. And he goes, but I did know the name. And he goes, I don't, he says that's registered because he hadn't seen my face. Right, it was right, the right. name he stopped. And so we had a great time talking about it. And um, he used a word that Allison Bree used after the Golden Globes. And she's hired a trainer for season three of Glow. And she said how it was, he said it was intoxicating to do it and fun. She used the word, it is so empowering to get into that ring and do that. Even though we're doing it for a show, 
and we don't have a real live paid audience where Abilene gets to go out and get instant gratification. <laughs> and you do too when you walk down that ramp and into the ring. You instantly know, do you have those fans in your hand? Mm-hmm. And she just used the word, it's empowering uh, after the Golden Globes. And I re- that word really resonated this time because here's an actress who's not a wrestler, but just playing the wrestler she's intoxicated by it Hmm. so hats off to them they've done a great job and it's coming back for season three and i think that's one of the other main ingredients that went into the blender to get wow to where it is today i agree it's on access i agree i I think it's not one thing it's a lot i think that popularity of that show definitely helped revive the concept of what you're doing it wasn't taken as a joke anymore mm-hmm. from TV executives. Right, right. Was it originally like in 1987 or whatever when no, you were first it pitching was it? Tough. Every meeting you went to was at oil wrestling. It mm. was very tough. Wow. How so, did you finally explain and, and get it? Because I remember, like, I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada. We used to watch it every Saturday or whatever it was. You know, no doubt syndicated all around North America, or maybe around the world. I don't know. One of my most fun times because after I sold Glow, I went back to do some announcing, and WCW would use me. Is oh really? Is is I was up in uh, my hometown, and they had just started to bring, uh, you know, NWA wrestling there, so. Rick Flair's up in the locker room and I'm walking by and he may have known my face maybe because I took pictures when he was with Crockett. I would go over to Cincinnati Gardens and take pictures. But as soon as I walked up the locker room to and I'm carrying my tux to go do get he Rick Flair looks up and goes, Holy sh- that's the guy from glow that's the guy and ricky steamboat says that's david mcclain and sting sting knew me because he was friendly with two of the glow girls and rick flair goes man i watch that and i get in my hotel room all the time so that's a big compliment that the talent was watching it because they'd be in different cities bored at the hotel and it'd be on either daytime morning or night depending on the market and syndication it was campy, but that was the eighties too, though. Very, very campy, you know. But it was fun to watch, being a wrestling fan and just wanting to watch anything that happened in a wrestling ring. It was cool. I mean, it was, it was different from what was going on in WWE, which is why it was a success. Which is why WoW is a success right off the bat because mm-hmm. it's different from everything else that you're seeing. Yes, yeah. an alternative program. Right. Yeah. You you don't want to compete with those companies you want to do your own thing well you can't compete with WWE they're the biggest I mean well and that was actually in an interview I did um, earlier someone said something about like oh are y'all you know competing with WWE and I said we're completely different spectrums Mm -hmm. we're we're different beasts in this you know I said yes we want to compete in terms of like viewers you know and getting wrestling fans over to us of course I said but we're we're two completely different products you know so you can't really compare like apples to oranges in Mm -hmm. this case because you know we're a very like fast paced vibrant show you know whereas when you watch like the wwe product it's a little bit more like you know a little like i i don't want to say grungy because that's not the point i'm trying to make here but you know it's just different there's a different air to it where you know we're like more fun and light and Mm. you know you're really sinking your teeth into like backstories and characters you know whereas with wwe right now it's like you know a lot more of just okay what's happening right there in the ring sure you know not as much character development Mm -hmm. or or more straightforward exactly they almost have so much talent so much an abundance of it between their 15 hours a week in program how can you actually spend that quality time mm-hmm. on on the There's roster only so many right. so much real estate you have 
and a two hour show. Or exactly. Three hour show. Yes. Do you write the shows, David, or what's your what's your well? Role? As Abilene said earlier, we have a lot of creative ideas and platforms that the talent brings and comes to us with. And so Selena Majors, if you will, is our head creative person and everything gets run through me or by me, but we listen a lot to the talent. Hmm. We we don't even come up with one care. We have two new performers that are gonna come in season two and um, they've been in training for a year now. We don't have their names yet and it's been almost nine months because we want to really nail it correctly mm. on who they are. I don't want to just come up with a name and that's who they are. I've watched, um, you know, let's just take, you know, we go back to the word character. Who's one of the most famous characters of WWE on a pure character platform? Gotta be The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. Know, people mm -hmm. actually buy the pay-per-view or buy right. the network now to see him come back. Mm -hmm. They're that big of a fan of that character. And so we want to spend the time to get it right. I look at, um, I even look at The Rock. He developed into The Rock. Mm -hmm. I look at Stone Cold when he started down, I think with Jarrett and everything, he developed into Stone Cold. So we're taking the time to nail the creative by really spending quality time with the talent. I don't mm -hmm. want to rush something out just because we think of some great idea. Right, like we were saying, it's very authentic to who we are and yeah. you know, real aspects of our life or what you know we can come across as being natural. The disciplinarian's another wrestler in our, in our organization. Yes. And she's a real high school teacher in Orlando, Florida. She teaches high school. Mm. And so when I found that out, I said, you got to become the disciplinarian because these <laughs> kids need some discipline. <laughs> and, her, and her manager, if you will, was an assistant for me. Uh, she's named Samantha Smart. Well, she went through college four years, straight A student on a tennis scholarship. Mm. And, you know, she's Samantha Smart because she really is the valedictorian of her class for four years. Um, do you do you come up with some ideas as well, Abilene, for what you're doing? And um, yeah, we definitely it's it's really nice because they'll they'll kind of come to us or we can come to them, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, what do you think on this? Or hey, we're thinking of this person. What do you think fits with them? And um, they even give us time to kind of think of it, you know, and we can you know snowball ideas with one another. And then um, I know that in a lot of cases, I mean, even me being brought in, for instance, you know, I was kind of the idea or notion of another wrestler. So um, we definitely will. We're kind of like the eyes, you know, for them like out you know out in the like the real world out in the jungle of the indies um you know because well, we get to see it firsthand and i'm gonna interrupt you you were living <laughs> in a hotel in long beach california yep. and abilene came out with her boyfriend preston and they like to eat ice cream <laughs> so <laughs> i i learned that they like that ice cream and it's they like, like our date it night thing night. yes <laughs> so abilene's boyfriend there was a mix-up in their cars, a limousine. You can, you know, you this will all be coming out in um, episodes of Wow <laughs> yes. shortly. So I don't want to spill too many beans. But what you see in Wow with Preston, Chloe Hertz, uh, who re was a, a girlfriend of Rob Van Dam's, everything you see in that is exactly how it is in life. <laughs> yeah, because. Um, 
Preston, Chloe was flirting with them. There was ice cream involved. There were limousines involved. The rats. There, there, there were ring rats that Abilene brought in from Texas. That these are like men, the, by the way. The ring rats are men, by the way. Yeah, you know the rats. Yeah, sure, flipped, sure, sure. We flipped the script, and um, it's all out of their real life that we brought that story together mm. and put it on TV, and that's why it resonates and works so well. Yeah, because then and, people can go back on our social medias and they'll see pictures of us like doing this together, or you know whatever it is, and then right. people are like, oh. This is real, you know, so then people connect to it better, you know, and who doesn't love ice cream? Wow. So, <laughs> That's the realism, right? Really made you integrate what you are really in your wrestling persona. Yeah, because, for sure. Because mm -hmm. I believe social media has taken the curtain back, if you will. Yes. And lets you see the Well, it definitely wrestling. has. And you can use it to your advantage or to your detriment. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to see Braun Strowman on there, you know, fishing or or you're getting a nipple ring one time it's like it's not kind of the it's not his persona the idea that you want to see but you got to be smart about that yeah, you know right you really do exactly speaking of real life stuff i wanted to ask you you mentioned china mm -hmm. and i know uh that you and tessa had the first women's match ever in yeah. china <laughs> how did that come about and tell us about that experience yes okay so um and i know that you can attest to this as well is whenever you hear these things are going to happen you kind of don't believe it because you're like yeah you never you never believe it <laughs> it's until... wrestling it never happens <laughs> exactly until you see it um in ink or you are literally on the plane and right. you're on the way there um you don't believe it and what's funny is there were so many setbacks anyway like you know our our plane got screwed up so we sat at the airport forever we ended up landing in the wrong place in china um once we got there the government officials were trying to shut it down they really even, the yes, show yes they um because they didn't understand what it was they had no yeah. idea and they didn't want us coming over there and tainting the minds of you know the people so they had us put on a seminar the night before really yes we had to walk them through and tell them everything we were doing and show them physically how we did it why we did it and and we did not get their approval. We would not have even had the show. They wouldn't even let us sell tickets. But did they not the understand the what, what was going on when you came over there? No, I I mean it's like they they said they did, mm. um, but they really were just kind of toying with us. Like once we got there, I think I think for even for them, it became real all of right. a sudden. You know, um, and what's crazy is there were thousands of people that were there, and we sold those tickets in that day of the show. Because people were so excited to see it. And did it. people buy them, or did the government make them go? Oh no, no, no! People actually bought them. No, wow. uh, I think that I think the government was actually trying to shut it down. They mm. didn't want it to happen, so that's why they only gave us the day to sell the show. You know, to sell. What company the show. was it? Oh my god, I think this was with NWA. So was there like lots of guys in the show as well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, wow, so okay. there ended up being um, only two women's matches. Um, it was funny because you know the the other two girls were like, "Well, we want to go on later on. You know, we want to be a little more of like the main event." And me and Tessa were like. We want to make history if that's cool with everybody. <laughs> yeah, so right, right, we're right. going to go out first. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I love that. Yeah. You know what's funny? Because we went to uh, China in, I believe, 2015 or 16, and there was okay. no women's matches allowed. Yeah. And that was so the year we went. Must have been after that. Yeah. 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 yeah that yeah. was about the year that it happened. Was um, I think it might have been 2015, in fact. Yeah, this was earlier than that. Yeah, actually, you're right. It was yeah. about 13. Okay, yeah, okay, not, yes, y'all no, were there, there like right before that, yeah. and that's crazy. Yeah, not allowed. No, because no, we, we even had some girl. I remember Eve Torres was with us because mm -hmm. we had gone to Japan first, yeah. then zipped over to China, and she was just there hanging out because they, they right. weren't on the show. Wouldn't allow her to yeah, wrestle. Yeah, wouldn't allow her to wrestle. So and, you guys, that's kind yeah. of broke ground. And I wonder what made them change their minds. 
I mean, they saw me. So. <laughs> I'm joking. Maybe. I mean, they literally did, though. They they literally had us come out and, you know, practice our things. And... So what did you have to do? Like, go over your match and show them this is, like you said, a body slam? Or... I'm talking like it was it was full on. Like, we had somebody in the ring um, who was saying, we're going to show you a headlock. This is a wrist lock. Mm. This is a body slam. And, like, we had to show them, like, verbatim, like, things that we, you know, could or couldn't right? do. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, they did give us a little bit more free reign, like, once the show actually, like, um, you know, was put on. They did say, oh, you know, we we trust you. We think that you did, you know, we think this is great, everything. And we're like, oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. You know, because if, if there was one thing they didn't like or that looked too violent, because I think that's what they were afraid of is yeah. that it would look too violent. I, I know um, like, yeah. when we went there, they were scared, like you said, that the crowd was going to break out in a riot. Right. So we weren't allowed mm -hmm. to do anything on the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I remember I wrestled Rey Mysterio and it's like, you know, no dives or. Which is like. Yeah. Baseball slides. And <laughs> so don't the government the sets the parameters. Yes, yes. and it was like watching. Like, and 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 it was interesting because the arena had hardly any people in it because the the government bottled the tickets and wouldn't give them out because they were scared of the riot. Mm -hmm. But there was one table of uh, dignitaries. It looked like a James Bond movie. They were like wow. with bunting on the table, just sitting there watching. It was very strange. Yep. Very strange. They were at ours too. Yeah. So I totally understand. I was like, am I going to get assassinated after right, this? Right, right, like, right. what's happening? Like yeah. the uh, Rocky versus the Russian where they were up there. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yes. You know, and we since went back uh, a couple years ago and then I think I remember Sasha had a match. The mm -hmm. girls could wrestle. It was in an arena with darkened areas and people all around. But that first time right. was not, uh, like you said, you're not welcome but we'll let you you're try. almost previewing mm -hmm. the event exactly mm -hmm. exactly so this must have been happening with you guys as well yeah it was it was really cool and i ended up uh, returning to china this past year and mm. of course then it was like oh no big deal hey guys welcome back, back you know yeah, yeah yeah we're just back they in china things have changed right? exactly yeah. and what's funny is it was with uh nwa again mm. was who i went with this time again so right. i just i don't know i have there a history with them apparently <laughs> so david when you talk about about wow and and do you tape uh, monthly or is it? Uh, is it? No, all right. We took the model that Access TV uh, rolled out with New Japan Wrestling. They took New Japan Wrestling and said, "Let's put it on. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it develops." And they rolled it out s slowly, even with old programming. And then, as you see, last year they did New Japan Live from Long Beach, right? Live, and it's become very successful and popular. And so. The idea was let's start with eight episodes and get the feedback from the fans and then go back into production. Hmm. And then my goal when they said, what do you want, David? I said, we're not going live yet. I can tell you that's not happening for a year mm -hmm. or down, way down the road, maybe year two or three. And I said, we got to make a great looking product, one that the fans like and they respect. My goal is financially, business-wise, we've got to shoot a minimum of 26 episodes. That's a magical number to go internationally. And um, our company is going to take those episodes and start selling. We're going to be at NAPTI just this month, but I held that off, so we'll probably go to MIP next. But Talking about to sell worldwide? Yes, to sell worldwide. So, you know, because it's not my first rodeo, mm -hmm. We're going slowly, methodically. We're in partnership with Mark Cuban, Access TV. We're going to do this very, you know, correctly and not rush it out. So our next TV tapings are either in March or no later than April 15th. Mm -hmm. And I've got to pick the date probably within the next 15 days. Where do you, where do you shoot? We'll do it here in Los Angeles mm -hmm. still. 
I don't think until the, the events and program are on television more, there's no way we're going to make the mistake and go out touring. Mm -hmm. That ain't going to happen. That's smart, uh, though, you know, because yeah. a lot of people do make that mistake, and that's what kills you. That's, kills you. Know, you. It's, a, it's this money, the money trap. You know, to, to keep it on TV, I think, is, is a good idea. Just the lighting alone. You know, mm. I watched what WWE does when they come here for Monday Night Raw. And some people ask, God, they had a Saturday night shows, the Sunday night big event, and then Monday night was their show, and they shot another one on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Well, heck, I went over and I looked at all those trucks they've got. How many 18-wheel oh semi-trucks are they So moving? many. A dozen at least? Yeah. At least. I, I thought there might have even been 18. And just to hoist the lighting, when we did the uh, wow in syndication years ago, our lighting bill to move in and out of that forum with union labor, it mm. was over a hundred grand a night coming right. in and out. Right, right, right. So there's a business side to wrestling. And luckily I've done it. And we're going to do this one smart, methodically. And as I said earlier, Jeannie Buss and I, we have a goal that this outlasts us. Mm -hmm. So we're in no rush. We're going to do this just correctly. You're building it, building yes. it for the future. Yes, we're yeah. building a brand that's going to last. Do you still work other shows as well? Yes, I do. Um, so that's actually something that comes up a lot with, you know, a lot of people are curious about that. But uh, WOW does allow us at this time um, to work for other companies, especially in my case, because my character, Abilene Maverick, is exclusive mm -hmm. to WOW. Um, now, as with the Barbie Hayden character and that whole, you know, that whole deal, that's completely um, excluded from everything I do with WOW. So uh, Barbie Hayden goes wherever she feels like going and doing whatever <laughs> she's doing. Um, but no, my... Of course, my home obviously is with WoW, but that is with, you know, the Abilene Maverick character. So otherwise, yes, I do still work like the independent, you know, circuits and, you know, shows here and there. And then I can kind of just do what I want as Barbie Hayden. As we had character. to think about that. Mm -hmm. and, and companies, even new ones <laughs> that are buying the talent, there's, you know, there's multiple reasons why they do. And they put you under an exclusive contract. We wanted to put you under an exclusive agreement for our wow brand and world if you will the wow world but we recognize to do this correctly there's no way we were going to be able to financially or fall into the trap of doing live events to keep them working be able to sustain allowing an abilene maverick as the character she's been in wrestling for 10 years to just die mm -hmm. we just couldn't do it to them so they are allowed to go wrestle independently where they can. And we that's why we have to set these dates so far mm -hmm. in advance. Mm -hmm. So we are aware they need to make a living. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's also great about some of the independent wrestlers today in the marketplace, that they're not tied up. If they're not with WWE in one company, they can still go out and make a living. Sure, it's a different world now. That's right. You don't have to be in WWE to to make big money and to have presence. Exactly. That's something that I always have to like explain to people because almost everyone in my world in my life uh, has no idea about wrestling. So I have to really like tell them what's going on, and they're like, "Well, if you're not with uh, this was, of course, this was before Wow debut. Mm -hmm. So now I've got that. And I'm well, like, sure. I'm on TV, so shut up. Um, <laughs> but, but you still get people like that. You mean like Hulk Hogan type stuff? Like, well, 30 years ago, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. What I mean, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, WWF, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, but people just yeah. don't know, and, and that's the brand name. 
that yes. people think wrestling, they think, okay, you know, think soda yeah. pop, you think Coca-Cola, right? Exactly. People just don't, they, the people that are not in the wrestling world don't understand that it's an entire universe full of things and people don't have to be with one company or exclusive to one thing to make a living anymore or to mm -hmm. be successful at this. You know, um, I, I pulled up some people actually from, you know, like the Japan area or even from the UK for my mom because she didn't quite understand this either. And I wanted to explain to her how this works. And I said, you see, you know, X, Y, Z, these people, I said, They've never been signed to anything over here, and yet they make a living, and everyone here knows them. And mm -hmm. she was like, "Oh, I didn't know that's how that works." And I was like, "Yes, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can do. That's what's so exciting about about wrestling is that you can, you know, work for multiple companies and brand yourself with them and be recognized with them, and the fans understand. And that's what that's I love. That's the key. Mm -hmm. The fans have matured. Yes, and they get it. They do. We haven't even had one question with fans from that knew Barbie Hayden understanding she's abilene maverick in the wow world yeah and when they come into our social media they come into our website and they're reading and looking at it they know that's the governor's daughter yeah and they're the fans are sophisticated enough it. today makes to sense you know if you're an actor you can play different parts in different shows and exactly. people know it's still brad pitt doing this role or that role yeah mm -hmm. whatever it may be when you think of the legacy of glow um i mean very influential when like you said it was very difficult at first to sell it and kind of came and went but now 30 years later with the documentary and with the show um it seems like it's getting a lot more respect now than it ever did when it was on yes there's no doubt about that mm. there's no doubt that the documentary that you saw and you yeah. liked it yeah yeah um, well lisa or, moretti worked in wwe when i was there yes uh, uh, what was her name there uh, ivory ivory yeah exactly she was i didn't know that she was in glow she was the second glow girl that i picked wow i picked uh, one named hollywood first then lisa <laughs> went and did a move and i said you're in next yeah and uh mondo guerrero was the trainer at right. that time which is so funny now chavo guerrero his nephew is the trainer of the show the iron yeah their their niece Shaw Guerrero, mm -hmm. uh, Eddie's daughter, and Vicky's is our ring announcer. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, she, I was at a Lucha Underground wow. taping. I'm backstage with Eric Van Wagen, and I said, whose voice is that out there? Whose voice is that? I'm back in the back room having a beer, and <laughs> he says, oh, that's the, that's the new announcer for the last two episodes. And I said, what's her name? He said, Shaw. He didn't tell me the last name. He just said, oh, that's Shaw, mm. just like that. So I went, I walked away, but in my mind, I said, God, that voice. So I walked out into the Lucha place and I saw this brunette in the ring. Still, I had no idea who she is. Four or five months later, I call up Eric. I said, hey, who was that announcer again at Lucha I saw? I want to put the cast together for WOW and I want to hire a new announcer. He goes, oh, you're not going to do it anymore? I said, no, I'm done. I got to hang up the microphone. <laughs> and I said, I want that person that I heard. He says, uh, get your phone number. It's Shaw Guerrero. I said, what? He said, yeah, Shaw Guerrero. I said, she's a Guerrero? He said, yes. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. And I tell that story because she got the job, not because of her last name. Because of her voice, yeah. Her voice got it. And I called her up and I said, here, who, who I am. And she said, oh, my God, I can't believe this. My uncle started with you and Glow. My other uncle's the trainer in Glow. <laughs> and you're calling up to hire me? I said, yeah, you're the new voice. That's crazy. It's interesting because I know she wrestled for a while. It just wasn't for her. Yes. But it's awesome that she's still in the business. You know, the Guerrero name continues on. That's yeah. right. I just love the story. And she is great. 
And once again, you see her passion in the mm-hmm. ring. Mm-hmm. It's in her genes. It's in yes. her blood. Yeah, it brings that legacy. You yeah, know, it brings a nice legacy to to. Well, wow. it's like it's like we, I was talking with Tessa earlier. Like it's a third generation performer, right? You know, you know? she didn't get into Wow because of her last name, Bambi, who's friends with George South, kept telling me, um, "Hey, you got to check out this girl named Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard," and. Um, I said, we're not going to hire this girl, Tessa Blanchard, just because of her last name. And so she was making waves on the independent circuit, and she was out there, and she was wrestling here in L.A. And basically, the WOW team, if you will, was somewhat put together, probably 90% or 95% for Access TV. And I went to a live event actually to look at someone else that Santana Garrett had suggested to me and totally by luck like Shaw Guerrero I didn't know her last name was Guerrero I bump into Tessa left elbow to F left elbow she had just gotten some food and I looked and I said hi I'm David McLean she says yeah I'm Tessa Blanchard and and only because of Bambi pestering me for three years I said you want to sit down while you eat and talk She said, sure, cocky. (laughs) And we sat and talked, and I walked away, and I told Bambi, I said, we're going to hire that Tessa Blanchard. And she says, why? I said, I just talked to her for 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Mm. She goes, well, why are you going to do it now? I've been telling you. I said, she's a great person. Mm. And I said, now I'll hire her. I didn't want to hire her because of her name. Sure, That was actually a detriment. I wanted to hire her because... She had a vision for women's wrestling. And a passion, right? And a passion that I listened to. Right. And that's what got her the job, yeah. not her name. name. Shaw didn't get in because she was a Guerrero. Because right, her voice. Well, last question for, uh, for both of you. They're different ones. David, for you, uh, it's twofold. One, what's your overall goal for WOW? And two, who's your favorite character from the old Glow series? My favorite character, I'll ask that one first. There are several. But from an athletic standpoint, I was always a flag waver for Lisa Moretti, Hmm. who's played Tina Ferrari. Mm -hmm. That was my, I went to the mat to get her the championship, and I saw her as an all-time star. As an all-time character, my favorite was Chainsaw and Spike. (laughs) They they were my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they didn't know wrestling hold from a apple on a tree. A wrist lock from a wrist. wrist, Was it? You know, wrist lock from a wristwatch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But boy, when they hit the ring and they came out, the crowd was electrified, Mm. and so they were fun characters. But Lisa was always my fun. She was my vision or my ideal for what women's wrestling could become with someone that was athletic, who graduated from USC, had a marketing degree, and someone that was not what Moolah's age of the past represented for women's wrestling. So that was, you know, so Lisa Moretti from that. My vision, short term, I have several goals, obviously, and I've already stated genies of mine as it surpasses us, but short-term goals, short-term. I've, I've gotten a buzz from it debuting on Access TV where all your listeners can watch it on Friday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern, and the response has been great, but I'm not satisfied. My next hurdle, I think, where I'm going to be satisfied is where we see WOW merchandise. Mm. 
available in Walmart and Target. And we have our licensing agent. We've just done two deals this week. Nice. And I'm going to a third big one right now, huge electronic games. And we know that's a billion dollar industry. And then I know that the wrestlers can make money when they sleep. Mm. Cause that's my goal that they don't, that they can <laughs> make money. The dream. <laughs> they can make money when they're not in the ring. Yeah. And you know what you've done on merchandise mm -hmm. for you. And isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Cause I come from when Dick the Bruiser was around and Ernie Ladd and these guys, and they didn't make any there was money. No merch. Yeah. There was none. There was for me cause I was selling it, <laughs> but I want the, the talent to reap those rewards. That's my well, ultimate thank goal. You. There you go. And for you, what was uh, uh, Abilene? What's your favorite match that you've ever had in your long illustrious career? Oh my gosh. Um, I will say, like, and this is genuinely speaking, uh, the one that I had with Fire for the debut show mm -hmm. is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I think because I was so genuinely surprised by the chemistry we had in the ring. Um, everyone always asks me, who's your dream opponent? Who do you want to wrestle? Who do you want to be in the ring with? And I never have an answer because mm -hmm. it's never who I, like, uh -huh. I, know, I never have the best matches of who I, th who I think right, I'm yeah. going to, you yeah. know? So I'm like, no, I want luck of the draw. Like, I want to see what happens. Um, and it ended up being one of my favorite matches because I felt so confident in my movements and with her and I trusted her and you know she's really solid the way she hits Plus everything. It meant a lot too because everyone got to see it. Yes, exactly. I was like, oh, this is so great. Um, I would say though that my overall um, has to be my favorite was the one in China with mm -hmm. Tessa and the reason for that is because whenever you make history with somebody no one can take that away from you. If you're the first to do something, no one else can come up and be like, well, hi, I'm the first also. <laughs> That's right. You know, never take it away. <laughs> exactly. No one can take that away from you. So it's really nice to have these things to kind of stake my claim because I am not a second or third generation wrestler. In fact, I have no claim to wrestling other than I had a you passion and I went for yeah. it. Yes. I'm the same. Yes. And so I have to just, you know, I have to convince my family, myself, not myself really, but you know, my family and everyone around me that, you know, I am legitimate and I do love this and it's for a purpose. And, you know, when you have these accolades, you can build up, you know, people kind of see it through mm -hmm. your eyes. They see why you're so passionate about Abilene, it. Abilene, you have two first. Yes, what are they? Your first <laughs> woman wrestler to wrestle in China. Yes. With Tessa Blanchard. And the first woman to appear live on Access TV in WOW. Hey, wow. there we go. You were the first. <laughs> Look at this, the history maker. That's so here. true. There you go. She is the governor of the as, as the promoter, and it's your debut. Yeah. You put the best on first. Hey. Wow. There you go. Wow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Literally. No pun intended. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Wow airs tonight, Friday night on Access TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. See Abilene and Tessa Blanchard and all the ladies in action. The show's getting great reviews, and we'll be back for season two, which is awesome. Uh, thanks again to Abilene uh, Maverick and David McLean for joining us. And thanks to all of you who have signed up for pre-booking on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea and who have reserved your cabins early. It's been crazy. We're almost uh, almost the, the Q&A session for the force for uh, first 400 cabins sold. Almost all gone. If you still 
still uh, might have a chance if you go to chrisjerichocruise.com, sign up for the pre-sale list and get your chance to uh, to book those cabins before anybody else. A lot of them are gone. It's, the, 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 the response this time has been off the charts for all of the alumni who came on the first Jericho Cruise, now understanding how much fun it is. For all of you who missed out, uh, that had FOMO for missing the first one, don't miss the second one. I'm urging you to go to chrisjerichocruise.com and sign up for pre-sale booking right now. Cabins go on sale to the public, general public, on March 13th. But if you want to book before that, go sign up now at chrisjerichocruise.com and we'll get you a private booking time. We'll have a chance. Like Thursday at 3 p.m. you can book. And, you, and you, you go and you book whatever cabin you want out of the ones that are left. Go to chrisjerichocruise.com and sign up for pre-booking now. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Coming up on Wednesday, we return to the world of the paranormal. We're talking Bigfoot with author Phil Hall. He wrote the book, The Weirdest Movie Ever Made, the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film. This is the famous uh, Patterson film that you see of the Bigfoot up close walking through the forest. Phil explores all the controversy and conspiracies around that infamous 55-second-long piece of black-and-white film footage that supposedly proves the existence of Bigfoot. But does it? Phil's going to share what he uncovered and what he personally thinks about the existence of Sasquatch. Come every Wednesday, the weirdest movie ever made, the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot film, analyzed to its core. Very interesting stuff. Check that out on Wednesday. In the meantime and in between time, have a great weekend. Go back and listen to billionaire Todd Wagner. Such an influential, inspiring story. Go check out uh, uh, Art the Clown, Terrifier. Listen, you're looking for something you want to watch this weekend. If you love horror movies, go watch Terrifier on Netflix. It will creep the crap out of you. It did for me. Go check that out. And we'll see you on Wednesday for more creepiness with the weirdest movie ever made, the Patterson Game of Bigfoot film. All right. Until then, meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs, and a big... Yeah, boy. And don't forget to watch Wow Women of Wrestling tonight on Access TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. 